It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ron Rivera says the Washington Commanders quarterback competition is going to be a real one. And I have to say that I actually believe him when he says that. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credentialed member of the media covering the Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me on Twitter at dharrison82 or text me anytime at 202-760-2644. And I thank you. For making Lockdown Commanders your first listen or your first view of the day. We're talking about the future of the return game for Washington in today's episode. But first, we have to talk about quarterbacks. Three of them, specifically two on the roster, one not on the roster and not headed to the roster anytime soon. According to head coach Ron Rivera, who had some things to say about the quarterback competition that kind of contrasts with some thoughts that I shared earlier uh, in, in last week's programs. Uh, here on the show. And I have to say that I, I do believe what Ron Rivera is saying. Of course, we're referring to the upcoming quarterback competition between Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett on a previous episode. We kind of dove into this and I and I came through with some previous statements that Ron Rivera had said that kind of led me to believe that this wasn't going to be your real run-of-the-mill open competition. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be kind of the, the best quarterback competition we've ever seen. I'll get more into that here uh, in just a minute. But Ron Rivera did say some things that do make me believe now that this is going to be more of a com- competition than I really expected. I was kind of thinking more of a Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, quote unquote, competition where, let's be honest, it really wasn't uh, a competition, right? So on the quarterback competition, uh, Ron Rivera said during his presser with the media down in Phoenix, Arizona at the league meetings, uh, Quote, I think it's open right now. I really do. All I said was that Sam Howell was going to get the first crack. I didn't say that Sam was the guy. He's going to have to come in and earn it. And if Jacoby Brissett comes through and earns it, I'll play Jacoby. I'm going to play that guy that we believe at the end of the day gives us the best chance at winning football games. End quote. Now, by itself, that doesn't necessarily flip my opinion from what I said before. By itself, I still think that Sam Howell would be not only the number one guy going into all of this, but the number one guy coming out of all of this, this is just kind of the things that you want to say as a head coach to kind of keep everybody uh, honest on the outside. So what does this quote really means? Well, I think at the bottom line, it means that when you come into OTAs, when we come into training camp, QB one is Sam Howell. Sam Howell is going to be the first guy you see out there with the starters preseason game one, the starter is going to be Sam Howell. Now Jacoby Brissett based off of what Ron Rivera just said, uh, I do believe can basically earn a chance to really compete, right? Like if we're just looking at this quote alone, I think what he's saying is that Jacoby Brissett can earn a chance to really compete, but it's a two-step process, right? So if Sam Howell is coming in as number one, which Ron, you know, Ron Rivera says, that's what I've said is that Sam Howell was going to get the first crack, which first crack means you're the top guy, right? Then, well, if Sam Howell's the first guy, Jacoby Brissett's the second guy. So 
first you got to catch up to the first guy and be like, look, I should be on an even playing field with him and competing. And then you have to overtake him. So Sam Howell just needs to take the step forward of saying, look, I can be your guy. Jacoby needs to say, I can compete and I can be your guy for what that's worth. I don't know how big that step is necessarily, but that's really kind of how I look at after that quote. Now, another quote from Ron Rivera about the quarterback battle uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Quote, from my experience and watching how things unfolded for Andy Reid when I was with him, how he did things in Chicago with former head coach Lovey Smith, these were these were guys that came in, had a plan, and had guys compete, rotating guys, tracking every snap, making sure it was equal as possible. One thing we're hoping to do is work with one of the teams that we end up getting as a preseason game partner. We hope to do that. We will see how that unfolds, whether we are allowed to with the league, because, again, they have to schedule and make sure the schedule fits. Then we can talk about it with them. We would love to do that because it creates the kind of opportunity to get more in depth. So we'll see how it goes. End quote. Now, this is where my opinion on whether or not we should really expect a true quarterback battle in training camp really starts to kind of turn a little bit because what that quote tells me, both quarterbacks are getting reps with the ones in practice and in the preseason. Again, Coach Rivera refers to his time with Andy Reid, refers to his time with Lovey Smith in Chicago, and talks about quarterback competitions then where guys got equal reps in practice, equal reps uh, you know, potentially in the preseason games as well. And if that is the approach that Ron Rivera wants to emulate, then that essentially puts Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell on the level playing field that you need. Because if you're really going to come in with an approach of equality, then Sam Howell is the first quarterback on the field, sure, with the ones. But Jacoby Brissett is going to get reps with the ones. And in preseason, I would expect to see them run you know maybe it's one drive for sam one drive for jacoby one drive for sam one drive for jacoby and then you turn it over to you know jake Fromm or tanner mckee or whoever uh the third quarterback would be which you know coach rivera was asked about adding a third quarterback and did have to clarify that jake Fromm is on the roster jake Fromm is the third quarterback right now now again could still draft a guy you know undrafted free agents you know late late uh phase free agents all that stuff could still potentially come in but that right there, if that's if that's the approach, and this is this is the thing about what Ron Rivera is saying, right? So Ron knows, right? He he knows he's been in the business for a long time. What he says is going to be remembered. So if you say that I'm kind of leaning back on my experience with Andy Reid and with Lovey Smith, rotating guys, tracking every snap, making sure it was equal as possible. Now again, he doesn't say I'm going to copy that completely, but you're saying you're leaning on that. So if the snap equity is completely lopsided, well, then we're going to come back to, okay, no, it, it really is, isn't a fair uh, battle. So, But they also what you want to see them do is run the sim- same plays or at least similar plays. Now, the problem you have with that is you can't just say, okay, Sam, you're going to go out in today's practice. You're going to run these five plays. Then we're going to give it to Jacoby. He's going to run these five plays because the defense is out there too. And the defense is going to see these looks on the first drive. So whoever's out there first, presumably Sam, is going to get a fresh defense. Then when Jacoby comes in, and they see the same alignment, they're going to be like, okay, th- this is probably the same play. And these defensive guys aren't necessarily going to just come through there and play it the exact same way. And if you told them, hey, look, guys, don't, you know, wh- the last time you didn't make a break on this route, don't make a break. It, it just it just isn't feasible. So it'll be interesting because as, as you want to get every rep, you know, if you want to give this guy 10 reps, this guy 10 reps, you can't make the reps look the exact same, right? But that's what, look, we'll be there in training camp. You know, hopefully you guys will be out there at training camp and, we're going to be honest with what we see. You're going to be honest with what you see. And uh, those those things will all come together to form, as they like to say, the narrative. 
One other interesting part of that last quote from Ron Rivera, quote, one thing we're hoping to do is work with one of the teams that we end up getting as a preseason game partner, end quote. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I don't want to get you too excited, uh, but I've been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for eight or nine years now, and they have year in, year out, done what they could to do joint practices with one of the teams on their preseason schedule. Now, the bad side of that for fans is typically those joint practices also lead to your non your stars and your starters not even playing in the preseason game because they get a whole lot of reps, uh, well over a game's worth of reps during the practices, and the practices get pretty physical because you're out there against another team that really doesn't care about you. Like if it's the Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Ra- Ravens defense doesn't really care if Terry McLaurin gets to play the rest of the season. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you try to limit the contact and all this stuff, but it definitely is more competitive, and it, it, it's honestly a fun time. So if there is joint practices, I highly recommend you try to make it out for those because they are competitive. And they are entertaining. And if it's going to be Baltimore, uh, you know, I can promise you, like if, if it's Baltimore in Ashburn or Richmond, you know what I mean? For that matter, there's going to be Ravens fans there and vice versa. I expect that if it's in Baltimore, uh, Commanders fans are, are also going to be there. So some interesting things about the quarterback competition. Like I said, if if this is truly kind of what we're emulating is this kind of equity uh, process that Andy Reid and Lovey Smith did previously, Ron Rivera's careers. Then look, if Jacoby Brissett and, and Sam Howell come out here splitting reps with the ones, then I think you have a true quarterback com- com- competition, and that would certainly get interesting because I think that's what I I would well, I know that's what I want. I think that's what most commanders fa- commanders fans what you want is a an equity or an equitable competition, and I would think that Sam Howell like you don't want to get handed the job, you want to win the job, and Jacoby Brissett uh, obviously the same thing. Now Coach Rivera didn't just talk about his own quarterbacks though, as he spoke about Lamar Jackson as well in Phoenix and provided some context to the previously frustrating news that the commanders weren't even going to be discussing anything with the former MVP quarterback coming to Washington. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of the Locked On Commanders Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NCAA basketball tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet, and then you can wager on everything from money line to point spreads to which team is going to be cutting down the nets. And uh, I hear that baseball opening day is right around the corner, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the National Football League. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first look your first view of the day. I previously expressed frustration on this program with the news that Washington wasn't even going to meet Lamar Jackson halfway between Ashburn, Virginia and Baltimore, Maryland to have a little coffee, just have a little conversation and see if the two can even come on to the same page. 
And Coach Rivera provided some context to that fact on Tuesday during league meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, that I think speaks to kind of the direction of the organization on top of recent transactions that speak to the direction uh, of the organization. So before we get into Coach Rivera's comments, we need to kind of remind everybody, refresh everybody about the Lamar Jackson timeline up to this point. I'm going to kind of hit the keynotes here. Not literally every single thing is in here. There's no uh, mobile home gym uh, commercial involved here. But March 2nd, according to Lamar Jackson, he requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. And we didn't find that out until just this week. But he claims that on March 2nd, he requested uh, a trade from the Baltimore Ravens March 7th. The Baltimore Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Jackson March 23rd. Then the NFL sent out a notice to NFL teams warning them not to talk to unauthorized personnel claiming to or actually trying to represent uh, Lamar Jackson. And then on March 27th, which was Monday, Jackson tweeted what looked to me to be a goodbye to Ravens fans while Coach Jim Harbaugh was actively speaking to the media at the league meetings in Phoenix, Arizona and basically said the Ravens are not interested in meeting his value. And that brings us up to where we are today, where Lamar Jackson apparently doesn't want to go back to Baltimore. Baltimore kind of not budging on where they think the valuation of his contract should be. And everybody else is just kind of left to be waiting and seeing what's really going to happen. And uh, as far as I know, at the time of this recording, still no real serious suitors to to offer uh, Lamar Jackson a contract that he could potentially sign and force the Baltimore Ravens to match or watch him walk out in exchange for two first round picks. So, uh, you know, when, when the whole thing came up that Lamar Jackson was getting the non-exclusive franchise tag, allowing him to openly negotiate with other NFL teams. I said on here on lockdown commanders that I felt like if you don't have an MVP caliber quarterback, if you don't have a franchise quarterback on your roster, you have to go talk to him. You have to call him, have a cup of coffee, have a zoom conference, do, you know, FaceTime, whatever you need to do. Just have the conversation. It wasn't necessarily pounding the table saying Washington has to sign him today, not yesterday, whatever. But you have to at least have the phone call. Now, it came out, right? The, the reports came out that the Washington Commanders were among several teams rather quickly to state, we're not talking uh, to Lamar Jackson. So on Tuesday, Rivera, Coach Rivera was asked about not talking to Lamar Jackson. And here's one thing that he had to say, quote, you look at what the impact on your roster building is. What were the assets that we would have to get to use to get him? What would the financial impact be? These are the things that we have to think about separate from anyone else. This is why we did what we're doing. We were able to keep the defensive line guys that we have in place. We have a couple of other guys we have to think about on the defensive side. Three guys that we feel are part of the core that we are trying to put together. We want to build up the offensive line. We have some dynamic playmakers. We are, we are in a position now. If you want to do something different, it may impact those dynamic playmakers, that front that you're trying to build. We are roster building for the first time and feel really good about doing the things that we're trying to do right now. End quote. Now, something interesting about the roster building conversation, obviously, Deron Payne just got his uh, his paycheck, um, his his payday, his, his big contract. Cameron Curl is still out there potentially getting a new contract. Hopefully, Montez Sweat is still out there and Chase Young. The team's got to determine what they're going to do with the fifth year option, because if they don't pick that up, he is an unrestricted free agent next season. And I have to admit or I have to believe that with everything that's gone on in Washington and Chase Young, if they don't pick up his fifth-year option, that's going to be a big story. And honestly, it's going to be a little bit embarrassing for Chase Young to not have his fifth-year option picked up. And even if he balls out, I would expect that he's probably going to want to leave. Uh, we got a question into the mailbag today 
asking about what Chase Young would need to do in order to convince Washington he's worthy of a new contract. We will get into that in our next mailbag episode. Too much news today to to really dive into all the questions. So we're going to save that one for later where we can give it a, a deeper dive. I kind of already know how I want to dive into it, but need more time to do it uh, outside of the news that is happening here with the Washington Commanders. So I think that's that's very interesting. Kind of look at the contracts are signed. Based around Rivera is saying, you know, not definitively, like we couldn't re-sign Deron Payne if we got Lamar Jackson. We couldn't re-sign Montez Sweat, Cam Curl, if we got Lamar Jackson. So that's one reason. Um, on whether or not they ever looked into Mar- Lamar Jackson, which is kind of the crux of the conversation, right? It's not so much go get him. It's just have the conversation. Here's what Rivera said. Quote, no, we never did. Honestly, we never did. It is just something that we just didn't feel suited what we wanted to do. I know he's a tremendous talent and a player that can impact your team. I just didn't think, and we sat down and talked about it, that it was the direction for us as a football team, end quote, which means the Washington Commanders talked about pursuing Lamar Jackson. They sat down, right? Ron Rivera says, sat down, talked about it. They had the conversation, should we pursue Lamar Jackson? And they, whoever they are, presumably Ron, Martin, Marty, uh, and others, decided, no, we're not going to. Why? Well, for one, Jackson's value, like he kind of mentions in that goodbye letter, to Ravens fans, real or otherwise, whatever he perceives is going to be overly prohibitive. And that's kind of what Ron Rivera was talking about before. Paying a quarterback like Jackson is likely, Jackson is likely looking for, I would say, at least $40 million annual average value, which is equal to Dak Prescott. And I believe Lamar Jackson is probably looking for more annual average value than Dak Prescott. But even if you gave him that exact uh, annual, uh, annual uh, average value, Prescott is accounting for $26.8 million against the salary cap this year for the Dallas Cowboys. If you're the Washington Commanders, you can't give $26.8 million of your cap to a quarterback. And granted, the way that contracts are structured, you can work its where it wouldn't be necessarily that much. But even if you're giving 10, 12, 15 million to a quarterback in cap room this year, you're not re-signing Deron Payne to the deal that you have now. That deal's got to look different, and it may look so different that Deron Payne decides not to sign it. You're definitely not extending Cam Curl and Montez Sweat. You know what I mean? You might be able to get one of them, probably the cheaper of the two, which honestly is probably going to be Cameron Curl. So now you're in a situation where Montez Sweat's playing on a contract year. Does that force your hand into picking up Chase Young? Like you're starting to paint yourself into some corners. And I think that is why the Washington Mayors decide ultimately we're not pursuing Lamar Jackson. So the fact that they sat down and Coach Vera is now saying, we, we sat down internally and had this conversation. I'm not, I, I kind of still would like to have heard that, hey, Washington reached out to him just to kind of gauge what he's looking for. But you know what I mean? At least the conversation was had internally basically sounds like Washington felt it was cutting off their nose to spite their face uh, if they went out and got Lamar Jackson. You'll get a better quarterback, sure, but you're going to lose some core defensive talent. At a minimum, you're going to lose that core defensive talent. Uh, and this is this is kind of why teams choose to either pay their quarterbacks or they choose to pay their position players and then go with a young quarterback. And part of that is, honestly, it's, it's the antithesis of Tom Brady. A lot of people talk about replicating Tom Brady's success. One thing that Almost no quarterback in the NFL wants to do that Tom Brady did was take less money. Tom Brady, I don't, I don't think Tom Brady was ever the highest paid player on his own roster, um, let alone the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. But he made a lot of money, a lot of money on endorsements and bonuses and, and all these other things from winning all those rings. The reason he won all those rings is he had a lot of playmakers uh, around him. Look, I made a lot of parallels over the last couple of years from this team and kind of where the Buccaneers were on their route to the 2020 uh, Super Bowl that they ended up winning. And this is kind of paralleling the 2000, the early 2000s Buccaneers, who had a very strong defense, Derrick Brooks, Warren Sapp, uh, Rondé Barber, soon to be Hall of Famer, John Lynch, you know what I mean, among others, Simeon Rice. And they had a solid 
offense, right? Michael Pittman, senior now, right? Brad Johnson at quarterback, your run-of-the-mill kind of average uh, guy. So, I mean, they didn't have an amazing offense, but they had enough of an offense and leaned on a championship-caliber defense. And that's honestly kind of where the Washington Commanders look like they're trying to build. So, that is the, that is, those are Ron Rivera's comments on Lamar Jackson, kind of my thoughts on what that means, not just based off of the frustration of not going after Lamar, but what it says about the team construct and how this organization is moving forward, looking at their roster. So we're going to flip over now to our mailbag for the third segment of today's episode. Uh, we did the mailbag for the first time ever on Friday. That went really well. We got a lot of submissions, so many submissions that we had to kind of hold one over. Today's mailbag is actually going to be one of the ones that was a holdover. Um, we're going to start doing these on Wednesdays. Now, those record Tuesday evening. So if you're going to get your questions in, they got to be in before Tuesday evening. We're not always going to be able to dedicate a full episode uh, to the mailbag, you know, depending on the news cycle. Obviously, the league meetings are going on this week, so the news cycle is a little bit more full. Next week, for example, may not be as busy of a news cycle, so we could be able to do a full mailbag uh, episode. So either way, we're going to get as much as we can. Keep sending them in uh, because we're even if we don't get to them today, we're going to store them uh, and get to them as soon as we can. Our next mailbag entry is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Mailbag time here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this one is coming to us courtesy of Will Cavanaugh on Twitter at jrdubs21, dubs 21 I'm assuming, uh, again, via the Twitter machine. Uh, and Will says, everyone talks about O-line and secondary, but what I want to know, do you think we will find someone to replace Dax Milne as a returner? I don't know if I can take watching him next year again. Uh, that's that's the question from Will Cavanaugh again at JuniorDubs21 on Twitter. And uh, look, I can't say that I blame Will or any other Commander fan who is a little frustrated watching Dax Milne. I will say this. We had this conversation actually within the media group. Uh, a few times last season. And I, I would say this, that there was a sentiment kind of passed out that like even watching a guy fair catch a ball a hundred times a season, but consistently fair catch that ball is better than what some players and what some teams are going through. Like you remember the Green Bay Packers game, the Washington Commanders won that game, but they won it in part thanks to sloppy special teams play. Like the Green Bay Packers at that point would kill to have a guy that simply fair catches the ball and actually catches the ball. Now, that's great. That doesn't mean that we can't hope for better for the Washington Commanders, right? So looking into some po some potential possibilities 
uh, again, for, for Will's answer, some answers for Will's question, rather. And I decided to look into the NFL draft class and see if I can identify three guys that could potentially be selected by the Washington Commanders uh, late in April to maybe be that that answer, maybe a competitor at least, and perhaps perhaps unseat Dax Milne as a primary punt returner, but also maybe come in and do some kick returning ability, uh, depending on Antonio Gibson's status. And the three players that I came up with were Texas A&M running back Devon A-Chain, TCU wide receiver Darius Davis, and Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed. So going through this list by order of their 40 times, First, we're going to talk about running back Devon A-Chain out of Texas A&M. Ran a 4-3-2 at the NFL Scouting Combine. Has 20 career kick returns, 11 of those coming in 2022. 613 career kick return yards, 312 coming, coming in in 2022. A 30.7 career yard per return average, 28.4 in 2022. And two return touchdowns, one of those coming in uh, this last collegiate football season. So he's obviously the fastest of our three candidates, but where would the Washington Commanders have to get him? If they're going to get him, it's starting to look like probably third round and probably earlier than number 97. Number 97, the compensatory pick at the end of the third round. So the Washington Commanders would either have to trade up from 97 or in a trade back in the first round or trade back in the second round, get a third round pick, say around the 60 to 70 range in order to have a legitimate shot at drafting Devon A-Chain uh, out of Texas A&M. Our second candidate, Darius Davis out of TCU, he ran a 4-3-6-40 at the NFL Scouting Combine, has 52 career kick returns, 28, those, 28 of those coming this last season, 1,145 yards returning, 572 coming this last season, 22 yards per return career average, 20.4 in 2022, and he has one career return touchdown that came in 2021. Now, he also has 44 career punt returns, which is a little bit of an additional and obviously more specific to what we're talking about here with Dax Milne. And he had 18 in this last season, 658 yards uh, total punt returns, 268 of those coming this last season, has a career 15-yard per return average. His for, his average in 2022 is 14.9, and he's got five career punt returns for a touchdown as a collegiate athlete, two of those coming in 2022 so for Darius Davis now this is a little bit more uh, uh I would say reachable you're talking day three probably sixth or seventh round you know what I mean if you really want me go get him in the sixth don't wait for him uh in the seventh and could potentially bring you some value because if you can get special teams contributions as a return man from him in year one that's one heck of a sixth round draft pick what an even better seventh round draft pick if he makes it that long so Darius Davis uh certainly a name worth keeping an eye on our final candidate here uh, for return specialists that we could target for the Washington Commanders in the NFL draft is Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed, who ran a 4-4-5-40 at the NFL Scouting Combine, has 42 career kick returns, uh, only had one in 2021, had 13 in, or, uh, one in 2022, rather, had 13 in 2021, 841 career return yards, 376 of those came in 2021, zero kick return touchdowns uh, to his name. But he's also got punt returns, 38 career punt returns, 13 of them last season, 581 yards total, three touchdowns, none of them coming last season, but two of them came in 2021. So for Jaden Reed, now his draft prospects, you're probably looking late day two. So back into the fourth round or early day three, or sorry, back into the third round or early day three, early parts of the fourth round uh, for, for a guy like Jaden Reed. So interesting stuff there. So as far as how we order these guys, if we want to power rank them, I you know I like what Devon A. Chain out of Texas A&M brings to the potential running back room. Like I think Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Devon A. Chain is a very enticing running back room. 
And that could honestly still happen. Like, a, you know, they could draft Devon A-Chain, but really look at him as maybe a kick returner, but he doesn't have the punt return experience that you're looking for, obviously specific to this question being Dax Milne. So I think then you have to look at Darius Davis. You have to look at Jaden Reed. Now, Jaden Reed, you're talking again, end of third round, early fourth round. So maybe that number 97 pick. To me, number 97 with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dodson already on the roster. Deami Brown, again, on yesterday's episode, we talked about the trade rumors. I don't think that's happening. I think third round is too early for a guy like Jaden Reed. Fourth round, I still think it's a little early for the Washington Commanders, given kind of the construct of the roster. But, you know, I wouldn't hate a, a fourth round wide receiver, especially if it's a guy who runs a 4-4-5 and could be a kick returner or a punt returner. Um, for your team in, in year one. But really, I think Darius Davis is where the biggest value is because not only does he run a 4-3-6, he runs a sub-4-4-40, but he's at the 52 career kick returns, 44 career punt returns, five touchdowns uh, on those punt returns, and you're looking at him as a day three guy. Honestly, if you really think he could be a day one punt returner and kick returner for your team, I wouldn't hate the Washington Commanders either trading up, packaging some late-round picks, to get back into the fifth round and nab him a little early. I mean, if you're going to reach, reach in the fifth and sixth rounds, you know what I mean? Like don't reach in the second round necessarily, but reach in the fifth and sixth rounds. It's okay. Nobody's really going to care too much about that. And if he, again, if he ends up being your return specialist for the next four seasons, I mean, that's a great pick uh, as far as I'm concerned. Plus you look at his skill set and his skill set really kind of looks like a Curtis Samuel light, right? So if you're doing a player comp for the Washington commanders, he would be more of a Curtis Samuel slot receiver, kind of guy. So while you develop Jahan Dotson and you still have obviously Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, who's in a contract year, he's got some void years on his contract coming up. So if they don't resign him. There'll be some dead cap space. Well, if Darius Davison come in, you get him a year in your system, a year with his quarterback, give him that year to grow, contribute on special teams in the meantime. And I'm not saying he's going to come in and be as big of a contributor as Curtis Samuel in year two, but could play a little bit of that type of a role for the team. If not, you have another draft, but maybe you have a return specialist, and now you can go get yourself a Curtis Samuel replacement. Or look, if he's if he's able to come back uh, cheap enough after you spend all your money on your defense, maybe you get Curtis Samuel to come back anyway. So I would put Darius Davis at the top of that list as far as targets are concerned. The problem with putting Darius Davis at the top of the list is you can't wait till the sixth or seventh round, really. So if Devon A. Chain is there in the third round, maybe you have to pull the trigger on that. If Jaden Reed uh, is there in the fourth or fifth round, maybe you have to pull uh, the trigger on bring him in. But I think Darius Davis probably potentially brings the most value. Uh, I would follow that up with Jaden Reed from a punt returner standpoint, obviously, because Devon A. Chain simply just doesn't have the punt return repertoire. Um, and I think he could be a kick returner. But the question, uh, again, from Will is about the punt returner. So Devon A. Chain on that list is going to be third in my power rankings here. So great question. Again, we've got more questions still left in the mailbag. We will get to them. Uh, hopefully all we'll, hopefully we'll get to uh, as many of them as we can in our next mailbag episode that's going to be dependent on the washington commanders and the news cycle but hey that news cycle could involve a new owner we've got some developments on the new ownership situation that we are going to talk about tomorrow and of course the league meetings are still happening we've got some rule changes coming down uh the pipe so plenty of things on the docket already to talk about tomorrow but talking about today i want to thank you for making locked on commanders your first listen or your first view of today and every day now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get your podcasts and here on YouTube. I'll be back tomorrow as the news keeps coming. 
We're going to keep talking about it. I'll keep you up to date with all of it as best I can, tell you what it is, tell you what it means, and we're going to continue doing that tomorrow. New rules coming out from the National Football League, uh, some ownership updates as well pertaining to Washington Commander's bids and potentially even more coming on Wednesday. So make sure you come back tomorrow. Check out the, le- the latest episode. If you want to get in on the fun, send me your thoughts on all the news and submit your questions for following episodes of Mailbag Episodes here via email at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or on Twitter or text me your questions anytime at 202-760-2644. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer of Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Find me there, find me here or on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next time right back here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.